Malik McDowell is likely done with the Browns. Baker's surgery went successful, and I'm excited for the new season. And the Cavs are kind of looking like they're a dominating team in the East. I'm Kevin Cleveland. Let's talk about it. My special guest for today is Tim Roberts. Tim, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tim. I uh, work with Kevin. It's great to be here on the podcast. Thanks for ha- thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. So, let's uh, jump right into this. Um, obviously, Malik McDowell had a bit of a run-in with the law while he was in Florida in the offseason. Um, the offseason is always a scary time. Honestly, I feel like for all teams because obviously um, all pro athletes kind of have some, you know, problem because they are currently, uh, you know, getting hit for a job. So uh, that'll definitely cause some problems, but especially – for uh, Malik McDowell because he did some not so great things, um, such as walking naked around in a parking lot and assaulting an officer. So, what are your thoughts on this situation? It's a very sad situation. I agree. Um, yeah, he's definitely dealing with something mentally. I know the he played pretty well for the Browns this year and. It's very difficult to get a third chance in the NFL, so he's likely done. Yeah. Um, like Joe Hayden had said the other day, sometimes, especially when guys reach the offseason, you just gotta, you gotta be way more careful. You gotta have somebody watching out for you that you trust, because stuff like this could happen. Stuff like the Henry Rugg situation that happened earlier in the season, things can go bad very quickly. No, I I definitely agree with that. I I I'd like that you brought up the Henry Ruggs thing too, because it was actually funny. Because um, when I was talking about the Raiders and their two receivers that I didn't want to mention, um, that's a big one right there. You know, you think when you're watching them play that they're all right, and then you know you don't know what's going on behind the curtains, and they might not be all right. So it's just um, it's it's not a great thing. Uh, especially, you know, what we, we can go way back and say, you know, Aaron Hernandez. You can go even farther back and say, uh, you know, uh, Jim Brown. He, he had problems off the field because, you know, when you get hit so many times, it'll, it'll definitely cause a few things. And I, I was talking to my dad about this, actually. It's like the Browns are like a final destination for players like that almost. That we, we, you know, we always end up getting players that have uh, got cut from other from other teams because of off-the-field stuff. And the Browns just are, I guess, you know, a landing spot for those players. Um, I, I mean, not, not necessarily that's a, a bad thing because we got Kareem Hunt out of the deal. Um, and if you saw the video, it kind of goes both ways. But, you know, with the Malik McDowell situation, um, I do really feel bad for him because, you know, he got, he he was in prison, I can't remember what he was in prison for, but he was in prison and then we signed him and he was playing really well and he, he didn't even last a week out in the offseason. And it was, it's really frustrating because he's a good player, he's got good talent, he's just, uh, you know, there's, a, there's something not right and... Obviously, it, does, it doesn't just affect football. It, it affects every sport. Um, obviously, it's more so, um, you know, prominent in the NFL because, you know, CTE is a big, big problem. But 
you know, you've got you've got uh, players in all types of sports that are dealing with mental illness that we ju- we just don't know about. Um, what do you, what do you what are your thoughts? It's just you know, there there's lots of lots of stuff that that's going on for players that we just don't know about, and um, yeah. yeah, we just what what do you think about that? Yeah, there's plenty of things that go on in these players' lives that we have no clue about. I think the scariest part about this Malik McDowell situation is the fact that he doesn't remember any of it. He apparently just completely blacked out during all this, and that's really scary. I know if I end up blacking out and doing something like that, I'd be beating myself up right now, and I would not be doing well mentally. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely scary when you have no idea what the hell's going on. Well, supposedly. You know, obviously he's not going to want to say, yeah, I did that. You know, but, like, maybe he actually doesn't remember it. And that's a really scary situation. Because you black out, you go and do that, and now you're off the football team because you have no idea what just happened. So, I mean, I mean, I mean he hasn't been cut yet, but we, I'd imagine in the next few days, Mr. Barry will bring him into his office and, and discuss things, but. Well, he was an exclusive rights free agent this off season, so they're probably yep. just not going to resign him. That's true. If I had to That's true. Yes. But um, you know, it, and it, it, with the Antonio Brown situation as well, um, it, it's very easy to you know go ahead and like make fun of someone that you know deals like athletes in general. I, I feel like people just think they're not people, you know, but. Um, like with the Joe Hayden situation, obviously he deals with some mental illness. It's very clear that he deals with mental illness. But, you know, he's a very easy target to be made fun of right now. Malik McDowell's an easy target to be made fun of right now. But, like, it's just it's not right to go ahead and just make fun of someone for that because they have a mental illness. You don't make fun of someone because they don't know what's going on. You don't make fun of someone because you don't know what is going on behind the curtain you know it's just mm-hmm. you gotta have a, a, a different mindset when you're looking at things like that and you know casting your opinion on it yeah um i know a lot of people we look up to these athletes and we don't see them as people they're right. just players on the field but there is there could be plenty of things going on that we don't know about and it's very scary I I definitely agree with that. It's you, yeah. Like like you said, we don't see him as people, and it's almost it's like it, it um makes us think a different way. Like they don't deal with the same problems that we do. They don't have to deal with, you know. I mean, they don't have to deal with a lot of problems that we have to because they are multi millionaires and they can you know don't have to really deal with financial issues majority of the time if they're good with their money but um yeah we just don't know what's going on with them and we have to really start thinking of these athletes as just people just because they are superhuman doesn't mean that they don't have a a bad day every once in a while and uh you know i think a huge step to this is which actually a lot of players actually brought it to light this year um, Dak Prescott being um, a good example is you got to go and seek help. 
Like, you have to be able to talk about it to someone if you want to get better. Like, Antonio Brown just he, – he doesn't think anything's wrong. And that that's – you have to understand that something is wrong to go and talk to someone about that thing that is wrong, you know? Yeah, if you're not willing to accept that something's wrong, you're not going to actually make the effort to go out and fix it. Right. And it's just like – you go and get help when it's almost too late. Sometimes, you know, because you say, oh, man, I should not have done that. And there's probably a reason I did that. And maybe I should try and prevent me from doing that again. But that that prevent is almost just like, a well, maybe for, you know, public figures like athletes um, in, in this case, because this is what we're talking about, because this is a sports podcast. And by the time they get that help, it's like, well, you're done. Like, your career, wherever you are, is done because you did what you did. Like, when Kareem Hunt, I mean, that wasn't really, like, a, a more of a mental thing. But, like, it's just an example. Like, when he kicked that girl, the Chiefs cut him. And, they were, and no other team besides the Browns were going to give him that second chance because no one was signing him. And I remember when, when we signed him, I was honestly pissed because I didn't want a woman to be around my team. But then I saw the video, and I was like, well, he kind of egged him on because, you know, he has, he has money. Um, but then you've got a really good example, and obviously Malik McDowell, but it, the name keeps coming up, and Antonio Brown, where he's had issues everywhere he's went, and he just doesn't see anything is wrong and he is not getting the help that he needs which is not helping him at all yeah i mean he's even got people that are trying to help him like tom brady and he's just pushing him away right it's very sad to see yeah and it, I, he's such a good he's a really good athlete he's a hell of a player it's just i i, I if he got the help that he needed then he would Probably be in Pittsburgh still, I think. Or at least on a, on a team, because no one's going to sign him. He's done. He's done in the NFL. And honestly, I feel like Malik McDowell's done in the NFL as well. Um, but, like, you know, seeking help is a huge, you know, so obviously a huge solution to, uh, like, saving your career. But not everyone really knows how. To seek help because it's not like a fun thing to talk about, you know, because like you have to realize you have a problem first and realizing that you have the problem is almost harder than getting the help because you say, oh, man, I never really thought that I would be in this position. And here I am trying to find help because I know something is wrong and I don't want it to affect things in my life. Yeah, I mean, society as a whole. Every time that it's viewed as being weak, if you try and go get help instead of just trying to figure it out yourself, and that leads to situations like this. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm going to go on on your point of being weak. It's like society, the way that they look at it, which Kendall's right here, so don't don't like give me like a, a death stare. But society, when a female comes out and they say that they have like a mental illness, everyone is always like right there for them. And it's like, it's okay for females like, you know, to like feel this way. But like 
when a male, which I, it's changing way more than it used to be. So that, thank God, because I feel like a lot more people are going to get help now that they're like not as embarrassed about it. But when a male is like saying like the same thing that the female would say, it's, well, you got to you tough it up, be a man. It's all this. And then your males are basically forced to push that down, especially male athletes who are supposed to be the toughest of the tough. They can't come out and say stuff like that because it's going to make them seem that they're not as tough. But now that the NFL is, is shaping, and I feel like um, Carl Mass have actually pushed a lot of people to say what's going on in their lives, you know, him coming out and then... After that, you have all these people that are coming out about their mental illnesses that they have. I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying that being homosexual is a mental illness. I'm just saying it's it forced a lot of people to come out about things that they were hiding from people because they felt better about it because they saw how well the NFL reacted to Carl Nassib coming out. So now I feel like as a guy, if you come out and say, well, I'm dealing with this, then the society is more, um, what's the word? I guess welcoming accepting. or yes, accepting. That's the exact word I was looking for. Society is more accepting of it because of the way that it's changing. And now everyone like mental illness and mental health is like such a huge priority now. And I feel like that'll force more NFL players to go get the help that they need. Yeah, I mean, look at the uh, Kevin Love situation a few years ago. He came out about his battle with depression and mm -hmm. everything. At the time, he did get some pushback, but right. it caused some change in the NBA, and players mm -hmm. now are more open about it. Look at Ben Simmons. I mean, he sat out this entire year so far because of mental health and not being ready to come back, and he's not getting nearly as much pushback as he would have years ago. No, I, I totally agree with that. I, I'm happy you brought up the Kevin Love situation, too, because that'll be a great way to transition into the Cavs. But, um, no, it's like, yeah, you have to... The first step in seeking help is coming out about it and just saying... Because I also feel like athletes coming out about them having mental problems will lead, like, regular people... I mean, athletes are regular people, but regular people like us to actually, you know, do the same thing and realize that maybe some, maybe you have mental illness, maybe you have mental health issues and it'll, you know, the, and the younger generation too, because they look up to, because they look up to athletes as like role models and like superheroes, honestly, because how many times when o Odell came into the league, right? How many times are we like, oh, let me Odell this ball. Let me let me do this. Let me do that. You know, because like they want to be just like these athletes. So when these athletes come out about their mental health, it'll make those kids want to come out. And I, everyone will start to realize how important mental health is. And um, for those of you that are listening that are struggling with mental health and you don't know how to start, go ahead and call the mental health line at 844-549-4266 and uh, just go ahead and get started because mental health is super important. I struggle from problems. I'm sure Tim struggles from problems and I'm sure everyone listening struggles with some problems, 
But the first step is to realize and get help or else it'll just it'll just get worse and the worse it gets the harder it is to get that help so let's go ahead and move into our next section because uh, yeah we need to lighten up the mood a little bit um so the calves mr tim i brought tim on because tim knows what he's talking about when it comes to the calves and uh It'll make it a lot more interesting for those of you that listen for the Cavs. So, Tim, go ahead and start us off. Well, to me, this Cavs team has been very, very impressive. I mean, last year they won 22 games. They've already got 27 wins. Right. Uh, Darius Garland is a guy to be impressed with in particular. He's going to be an all-star. He's amazing. And probably one of the faces of the league in the future. I looked up some stats in the month of January. He's raised his level of play so much that it's ridiculous. He's putting up 21 points per game, 12 and a half assists, six rebounds, and a steal. That's six. That's since January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, month of January. He's developing really nice, and he feels like a young Steve Nash, CP3, Mm -hmm. with his play. And he he's putting the team on his back, and he's elevating his teammates. Yes, no, I agree with that. Um, when I'm watching the games, and because obviously last year and the year before that, we had we had we've had some pretty pretty crappy basketball, and it was kind of scary to watch uh, people just chuck up threes because we didn't have a good three point shooter. And now when Darius, oh, majority of the team actually, because we can actually shoot threes, but when Darius just throws up a shot majority of the time it's going in and your stats prove that because this month he has been on fire the, the whole team has been on fire but Darius Garland has just been on fire and he he's just so fun to watch and we have him forever he's not going anywhere we are he's going to be on this team for a long time now it's not a big 3 without two other stars and uh Tim let's go ahead and talk about our next one and Jared Allen yeah, Jared Allen, lately in the month of January, has had a little bit of a down month. That uh, Bulls game certainly didn't help him. Right. Uh, he's yeah. averaging 13 points, 2 assists, 12 rebounds, and a block per game. He's still doing pretty good. He's very likely to make the all-star team with the lack of talent in the front court this year in the East besides uh, Embiid. I know um, Bam Adebayo's been out for a while, so it's very likely he makes the team. So we're probably going to have two all-stars this year. For the- yeah. Game in Cleveland, which will be nice. That's gonna be so fun. Yeah. Um. Next guy, uh, Evan Mobley. Oh yeah. Beast. I mean, he's probably gonna run. He's running away with rookie of the year. He's the best defensive rookie since Tim Duncan. <laughs> nice. And he's been lighting it up lately. I mean, he's averaging in the month of January. He's averaging sixteen points, three assists. Six and a half rebounds and a block and a half per game. That's it's nice. Insane seeing his potential, and honestly, this year he's probably going to be better than most rookies in his class next year. Oh yeah, he's going to be yeah. Mobley this year, he's running away with the award, and it's fantastic to see that we finally have a guy. Now, while this team into the future. Yes, no, I I hundred percent agree. While I'm while I'm talking here, can you do me a favor? And go ahead and look up the Rookie of the Year standings. 
Awesome. All right, yeah. so I'm going to go back and talk about Jared Allen for a little bit. So I went to a Cavs game this year. I went to the Brooklyn Nets uh, Cavs. It was not not the most recent one, but a while ago. And I knew absolutely nothing about this Cavs team. Nothing. I, I knew that we drafted Evan Mobley, and I knew who Darius Garland was. I didn't know anything about the Cavs when I went to this game. I just went because the tickets were free, for me at least. And um, I showed up. And my my dad had been to a few games before that, and he he's he was a little more committed than I was at the time. But now I feel like I've surpassed him a little bit. <laughs> um, but I had I had a uh, J.R. Smith jersey on from 2016, and I had my old sweaty Cavs hat that I used to wear when I had. Uh, my old job back in 2016 and um, <laughs> I really wanted a New Jersey and uh, I watched Jared Allen do a windmill dunk over Kevin Durant and I said you know what I'm gonna go to the team shop right now and I'm gonna go buy a Jared Allen jersey and I bought one I bought it was like an extra large kids it was like 75 bucks it looks so dumb I wish I never bought it but um, no, I, I I love Jared Allen. I I hope uh, he's here for a long time too. Uh, you got those those uh, stats for me there, Timmy? Uh, yes. Yeah, so right now, the 2021-2022 NBA Rookie of the Year award odds: Evan Mobley's in first at minus one fifty. Then it's Scotty Barnes plus three hundred, Kate Cunningham plus six hundred, Franz Wagner plus eight hundred. Michigan guy, right? Yes, sir. And then uh, Josh Giddy plus fifteen hundred. Those are the only five guys that can really put in a case for the award. And Mobley has been so much more impactful than the other four. And his team's actually winning. That's unlike true. The other four, right? And he's helping them win. He's not just there for the ride. He's helping them win. If we didn't have Mobley on his team, I don't think we would be winning as much as we are. Yeah, that brings up uh, another point that I had. Um, right now, in my opinion, the key to this Cavs team is staying healthy. Mm-hmm. When all when the big three all play together, Jared Allen, Garland, Mobley, they are twenty one and nine over a thirty game sample size. Oh wow! When they when one or two of them is missing, they're five and ten. So staying healthy is the key for this Cavs team. And they oh, can absolutely! Make a run in the playoffs. Potentially be in the conference championship, maybe even NBA Finals. Might be a little too soon to talk about that, but yeah, we definitely we've got a we've got a few games left, but uh, I I do think the Cavs will make the playoffs 100. Um, percent I feel like we can definitely hold on to our sixth seed, if not better. Uh, that loss against the Bulls doesn't help, um, but you lost to the number one team in the East. And you lost because you played horrible defense, which we haven't done in six games or probably like five games. We haven't played horrible defense because that was our streak. But no, I, I I think that this team will definitely make the playoffs. I can see you making a good playoff push. Uh, I said in a previous podcast that 
Um, the Cavs are one superstar away from actually winning the finals. Um, I don't necessarily still stand by that, but I think we are missing a very, very key piece before we win the finals. And they're on our team right now. We just need to develop um, the, all the players that we have, and we need to this, – this team will win the finals in the next three years. I think that this team will win the finals in the next three years. We just have to get better, and not obviously you have to get better to win, but I'm just saying – we have to get better in a way that we don't make the silly mistakes that we make when we lose our games. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, um, JB... Like trading all your picks. Yeah. Yeah. Like teams in the past. Yes. Going all out, trying trying to trade everything, for trying to trade the whole house. Like when we traded two first rounders for Kyle Korver, we nearly screwed ourselves out of our... uh, out of the pick that turned into Darius Garland. Yeah. I mean, like, thank God um, David Griffin put a protection on that pick. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't have Darius Garland right now. That's Where is Kyle Korver now, anyways? And, like, with this team in the future, like, what they're doing right now is very impressive. Yeah. And they're not even completely healthy. No. Rubio was a really big part of this team before yeah. he went down. And... We're still keeping up. We're still picking up that pace. The Rondo trade has been good, even though he has missed the last few games. He he was helpful on the road trip. Yeah, when he when he played, he was definitely a difference maker. Yeah. Um, another thing, I mean, Sexton has been out. Sexton more than likely will be back with this team unless he gets traded in the offseason, which I could see happening. But... In the first ten games when we had Sexton, we were seven and four. Yeah. Like I know there's a narrative going around right now that we're all the Cavs are unleashed because they no longer have Colin Sexton, but they were still winning with Colin Sexton and everybody still was putting up around similar numbers. Yeah. He's kind of the guy that we're missing right now. We need a spark plug off the bench. But a spark plug that can just go score. Yes. I should say. Um look at that Bulls game. At certain points, you just had nobody that could score. Yeah. And then you found yourself getting down fast and quick, and things got ugly. It's going to happen. It's a long season. It got ugly at the end of the second quarter. Because we were were playing – we played a really good first quarter, and then near the end of the second quarter, we couldn't make shots, and we just looked really sloppy. And I said, "Nope, this is what the team is going to look like the rest of the game. And I was right because – we lost, but I also feel like I don't want to say that's on coaching because I do love JB Bakerstaff, but at the same time, it's like that's a little bit coaching because if your team gets in a slump like that, you're gonna coach them out of the slump. And yeah, you gotta try something new, you gotta get right. other guys in there, right? He should have probably pulled the plug on a few of the starters and got some of the bench guys in there, see if they can get a spark, give Chetty the green light. I mean, there have been plenty of times this season where Osmond's just put the team kind of on his back yeah. when they're in a slump and got them out of it and got them right back in the game. And that's why I like Chetty, too, because he's he's kind of an underrated player at times, but uh, uh, he 
just gives the team, like you said, he gives the team the spark that they need sometimes. But I also feel like he's like, God damn it, Chetty. Like, why, what, what are you doing? It's like he's not the player that we need him to be majority of the time. But he's also the player that we need on the court to be that player that we need. Yeah, he's the guy that will come on and give you a spark off the bench. He's right. a really good six-man, really good role player to have. I mean, I know initially after uh, LeBron left, everyone was like, oh, Shetty's going to come right in and fill in for him. And he hasn't quite lived up to that, but no. uh, that was a little too high expectations for him. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, speaking of uh, the past big three, did you um, see anything that was going on with uh, Kyrie? Oh, yeah, I saw the video. <laughs> yeah, that's it's pretty funny hearing the snickering. Uh, you then heard a guy, like, the very next day call in on 92.3. He's like, I was at that game. I mm-hmm. was sitting two, ro- two rows behind the Nets bench. Mm-hmm. There were people calling all day, like, we love you, Kyrie. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, of course he didn't acknowledge it. No. But sometimes it's just a little funny watching players have stuff like that get under their skin. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's why you say it, right? Favorite player. So, I, I know I still respect him a lot. I thank him for the championship. I wouldn't do what those fans did, but I get why. Right. It ended very poorly. But he's also got some reason to be mad, too. Right. David Griffin isn't exactly the, uh, wasn't exactly the best to Kyrie. I mean, he offered him the keys to the team in 2014, said, like, as soon as Kyrie signed the extension, he was like, yeah, this is going to be your team. And then, like, a week later, they brought in LeBron. All right. So, as we approach the All-Star game, there's an important date before that. And that is the trade deadline. Um, wait, the trade deadline is before, correct? Yeah, the trade deadline yeah. is before this year. It is on February 10th, there from we go. what I understand. So we are coming up on it in the next three weeks. So trade rumors are definitely going to be picking up. Oh, yeah. So um, I have three scenarios here. If the Cavs don't make any moves at the trade deadline. So... Altman, I guess, you know, would have confidence in what we already have, which would be nice because if he doesn't make any trades, then that means that he knows what we have with this team and he knows that we could win with this team. And that's honestly what I want. I don't, I don't want to make any moves at the trade deadline because I feel like teams are going to be asking for too much um, because obviously we have really good players on this team and it's not just – the big three that we have, we have a, we have really good bench players too. Like our bench players are scoring this year, and that's awesome. So I feel like teams would be asking way too much. Um, yeah, and I, that's literally my next point: is teams would be asking way too much and way too little in return because we would. Be, I guarantee we would be giving up some. Would definitely be giving up probably a player and a pick for something or a, just a a, sw- a swap because obviously in the NBA you have multiple team trades a lot. Like that's a super common thing. Um, 
Yeah, Altman loves to get his right. hand on the action with multi-team trades. I mean, that's how we got Jared Allen last year. Right. So, obviously, it worked out for us, and we got that for a steal. So, But I just I really don't want to lose any key pieces that we've got going. I would really like to add pieces by maybe like trading draft picks, but I really don't want to give up any players. But also... Um, you got you got to think of the time that we're in, um, because there's this little thing that's going around. It's just a little bug. It's called COVID. Um, it was it was kind of affected the NFL trade deadline last year, or no, maybe two years ago it affected because at the trade deadline there were like zero moves by any teams because no one wanted to bring any players into their organization that weren't already there because they were worried about COVID outbreaks. No one made any moves. No one. And that's that's the reason. So I feel like, which is not as big of a reason now because we've kind of got things under control a little better than we did, but um, that also could be a reason that we don't bring anyone in is because we already had a COVID outbreak and you bring another player in that hasn't been there, you don't you don't know what's going on. That can cause another COVID outbreak, which obviously that's not the main reason they wouldn't make any moves. But I feel like that's just something that um, could be a reason, you know, in the back of their heads that stray them away from going and get certain players. Yeah, I mean, if you look at last year's trade deadline, there was a lot of moves that didn't happen. You had a lot of guys that they tried, teams tried to get traded. They couldn't find anything that they wanted. So you end up having a bigger buyout market than normal. Probably going to be the same thing this year. A lot of guys, a lot of teams are worried about trying to, like you said, keep COVID out of the building. They don't know what's going on. You had a bunch of replacement level players in this year because you had that huge COVID outbreak Mm -hmm. in like November, December. Right. I mean, the Cavs from a technical standpoint, we're the most affected team in terms of players mm-hmm. in the NBA from COVID. I think, I want to say 11 or 12 of the guys on the roster have had it within yep. the past two months. Our is, entire big three had it. Yeah, everybody basically had it on the team. So, something I could see happening is the Cavs do a small move at the trade deadline. Okay. I know there's been talk about Karis LeVert, Ben Simmons. Personally, I don't want to touch Ben Simmons. I don't want Ben Simmons on this team. This team's already not super great at shooting. They're about average, but you have Ben Simmons in here. Sure, the defense is going to be stellar, but your offense is going to basically be 1960s basketball with four guys in the paint as you're all trying to just run it up to the rim. Right. Um, I saw uh, something, um, which I really hope it doesn't happen, but I saw that it was a rumor. um, I don't know how credible it was, but I just wanted to bring it up, um, that there would be something where we would try and get Russ on this team. No thanks. I, I I don't want Russell Westbrook anywhere near this team. Yeah, there were reports about that a few months ago back when uh, Russell Westbrook wasn't doing quite as bad as he is right now on the Lakers. I mean, he got benched the other night, which was kind of insane. Um, A guy to look out for that could be on this Cavs team is Eric Gordon. He's been in the league a long time. I mean, 
got drafted in 2008. So he has been, he's been playing a long time. He's averaging 15 points a game, three rebounds and, and no, two rebounds and three assists on 50% shooting from the field, which is great. Be a great guy to add to this team. But real question is, how much is he going to cost? Right. And who are you going to trade to get him on the team? Because we are we are maxed out with our roster spots. So who would end up being the odd man out? More than likely, Dylan Windler. And what yeah. it comes down to is the team willing to just kind of give up on him at this point. He has been hitting the three lately and has been getting more playing time. I feel like that drives Dean his Wade. stock up. Yeah, you can see Dean Wade get traded if we do make any moves because – his playing time has gone down with the emergence of Lamar Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, I know personally, I don't think the Cavs are going to make any moves other than a potential Eric Gordon trade. I know there have been rumors about uh, Karis LeVert. I know the Cavs are interested in him, and I see why. He provides exact. He provides a good portion of what you need, but the price is probably too big. And you'd be losing Sexton in that deal, along yeah. with probably a bunch of first, maybe even Isaac Okoro. I don't and like that. <laughs> guy Twenty-seven years old, with an injury history, it's not exactly a great situation to be in. Even with him doing better lately and shooting the three-ball well, um, something to look out for in the off-season is a trade for Brandon Ingram. I think he would be fantastic on this team. He could be that three that you need. Um, something else to kind of keep track of is the Lori Markkinen situation with him okay. being able to potentially go back to his country right before the playoffs to serve. So he might be a name that you end up getting that you end up see getting traded, or you could see the Cavs make a move to add small forward depth because of them being worried about him not being able to be available for the playoffs. You said to serve. Like his country? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from where he... I forget where he's from. I'm going to... Where he's from, uh, all males need to serve, I think, six months every few years. I'm oh, really? Sure that so he, he has no choice. But he basically needs to go over and serve some time in the military. And it is very likely to happen around the time that the NBA playoffs would be starting. So it's a situation to look out for as we could very well be without our starting small forward for the playoffs. That, <laughs> that would suck. Great. I'm looking up where he lives right now, well, where he is from. Uh, Should we just take a pause? He is from Finland, so got him. Um, <laughs> but let's – we have to – touch on the NFL playoffs real fast because I totally forgot we were going to do that in the beginning of the show. Uh, so we've got some good games this weekend. Starting yeah, tomorrow and starting tomorrow and Sunday, uh, just back to the regular, regular scheduled playoffs. Um, so we've got AFC and NFC matchup tomorrow and then AFC and NFC matchup on Sunday. So starting off the day, we have... Um, Bengals, Bengals Titans. Titans, yeah, and that is in Tennessee. They're in the number one seed, and then you've got the Packers. Packers. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah. Um, so let me hear stat. your um, 
your thoughts on the first game, and then I'll I'll, I'll give mine. Yeah. Okay. Um. Honestly, I see the Bengals just running away with this one. Derrick Henry hasn't played football in like three months, and as far as I know, he hasn't been activated yet. He might have got activated today. He was activated. He was activated today. Yes. Okay. Well, even then, he's still gonna be rusty. Right. Ryan Tannehill didn't have a great season. He had some really, really bad games. And Julio Jones has not lived up to expectations. The entire reason they're the one seed is because they played the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars four times. That's four very, very easy wins in a conference where you take away four, you add four wins to the Browns who finished like 12th or 13th. We would have been like the one seed or two seed. That's, so, that's a very good point. Yeah. The Titans are a little overrated. They're not that great. Their defense isn't the defense is okay. It's not spectacular. Bud Dupree's been all right coming off the injury, but he hasn't been exactly what he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I see the Bengals going on a run here. I see them kind of coming out and Joe Burrow, man. That guy is insane. Man, we we were talking about this at work, and God damn, I love Joe Burrow. I would. Oh man, I if he was on this team, we would be the number one seed. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh my God, I'm. I do. Okay, I might. I'm not even gonna say what I was gonna say because that'll that that'll like drop my listeners. Um, but I wouldn't mind if the Bengals did well in their playoff run. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say I'm a Bengals fan because I'm not. But I wouldn't mind if they did well because uh, I really like Joe Burrow and I like Jamar Chase. So um, no, I really so have nothing different compared to what you said about the game. Um, I, I yeah, I, I think the Bengals take this and they go to the AFC championship um, just because they they are a better team right now. Jamar Chase is unstoppable. Joe Burrow, I don't know what he took, but it's working because he's outstanding. Um, he has the best wide receiving core, and, and he knows how to use it. And Mixon is, like, playing really well. So, I mean – Beast. Yeah, you you're not gonna beat this team right now. They are super hot. Um, if Burrow somehow like you know clams up in a shell because he realizes the moment he's in and he's like, well, we win this game, we go to the AFC Championship. That's the only reason I could see him losing this game. I don't care that Derrick Henry is returning. Like you said, he hasn't played football in forever. Um, but then again, he is Derrick Henry, so he 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 might shock us. Yeah, he might just come back and have, like, 250 right. and three TDs, and we're all like, oh, my goodness. Another underrated part of that is the Bengals are missing Larry Ogunjobi. He's done for the year, mm-hmm. from what I understand. So their interior defensive line is going to be a little bit weaker. Right. So that is a little concerning, but I think they're just going to be able to outperform Tennessee's offense. I 100%. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a shootout type of game, and in the end – uh, Bengals are going to win that shootout. Let's go ahead and discuss this next game. And that is, what is that? That's Green Bay and, Green Bay and the Niners. Niners. And that is in Lambeau, and it's going to be a blizzard, and it's going to be cold in the tundra of Lambeau Field. 
that's going to be such a fun game for the Packers because I think they are going to wipe the floor with the 49ers. I don't, I don't see the Niners having a chance in this game. They almost lost to Dallas, and Garoppolo is not that guy. I don't think he's going to be able to beat uh, Rodgers. Um, and this is this is Rodgers' atmosphere. You, you're not going to beat Rodgers in the divisional round to go to the NFC Championship game. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, the only time Aaron Rodgers is going to lose is in the NFC Championship, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, so a funny stat. In the last 17 primetime games, the backers have had, they are 15-2. and two. You want to know who the two losses are to? Who? The 49ers. Oh, God. We're not bringing that up. You know, Adam the Bull would be punching you in the face right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, even that, I'm not going to pick the 49ers to win. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he's he's played all right lately, like he got them into the playoffs in that Rams game. They came back from down big. Um, He's hurt right now. I mean, he got hurt the other day. He has, I believe, a sprained shoulder. Um, So I'm expecting the Packers to just pull this out and take it. I mean, David Bakhtiari's back. Jair Alexander's back. They're healthy. There might be a little rust there in that secondary, so Debo might be able to kind of scare him a little bit to start, but I see the Packers running away with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about our Sunday matchups. So our Sunday matchups, who plays first? Is that uh, Rams-Buccaneers. Okay, so Rams-Buccaneers, and that is in Tampa, right? Yes, that's in Tampa. And then we've got our AFC matchup, which is uh, Chiefs-Bills, and that is in Kansas City. Kansas City. So... Sunday's matchups are good too. There, I yeah. I could see anyone winning these. Like I don't see anyone running away with these. Um, yeah, it's a toss up for both. So I I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I think the Rams are gonna win that first game because I I just think Matthew Stafford wants it more. I really just I think it's what it comes down to. And I understand he's playing Tom Brady, but that's what it comes down to. I think Stafford wants it more because he's never done this before. He has a good team. And he wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to go play for the NFC Championship. I he wants it more than Tom Brady. Um, I just I obviously I could see it going the other way because he's Tom Brady. But I just I think I think the Rams are going to upset the Bucks. I but the, and I'm usually a Tom Brady guy because he went to Michigan, but. I just I don't see. You got a gut feeling. Yeah, I, I I have a gut feeling that Matt Stafford's gonna pull it out. Yeah, I agree to a certain extent. I can definitely see the Rams winning this game. The Buccaneers are beat up right now. Their wide receiver core is kind of decimated from what it was at the start of the season, like we talked about earlier in the show. No Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin tore his ACL at the end of the regular season. I mean, honestly, we don't even know if Gronk's going to play the entire game because he's Gronk. I mean, he does put up monster numbers, but he gets injured quite often. So Tom Brady's options might be a little limited in the receiving game. Their defense has also been pretty bad against the run, and the Rams have a pretty solid running game. They just have a pretty solid defense in general. Their defense yeah. is uns- their defense is so good. 
They have they have yeah. key, good key players in every position on their defense. Yeah, that that front seven with Aaron Donald and oh God. Von Miller is insane. I Two game records the right there. Let that happen. <laughs> right. No, that's uh, it's it's going to be a very fun matchup. Um, but like I said, I think the Rams are going to take it, and I think. I heard it. I don't know if you were listening today. Well, no, you wouldn't be listening because you're at home. But um, the uh, there is, you know, talks of Brady. If if Brady loses, like he might just retire, um, because he does care about what everyone thinks about him because he has a legacy. And I just, I think, I mean, I do. It makes sense that he would retire because he doesn't want there to be any chance of people saying that he sucked. Because if he doesn't win this game, then he plays next season. What if he doesn't have a good season? Then there's always going to be, well, the last season he played, it wasn't very good. So they, they, he always wants an opportunity to say, hey, I always played well because I'm Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even then, looking at the situation, Giselle probably wants him to retire. Probably. I know he stated, yeah, like, Sometimes I want to play until I'm like 45, 50, but Giselle won't let me. So that's always an underrated factor in this. She could, like, if he gets hurt during this game, God forbid, he might just get pulled and retire. Yeah. I could see that happening. I see it. So the matchup I'm probably most excited for this weekend is the Bills-Chiefs rematch of last year. But this obviously this year is just in the divisional round. But I this this game's gonna be awesome. Um, you've got two really solid quarterbacks and Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, and you've got solid key players on each side of the ball for each team. Um, as much as I want the Bills to win this, I just don't think they're gonna pull it out. Um, the Chiefs have been looking pretty deadly near the end of the season. They obviously they started off pretty rough, but the, the the stretch of games after their bye, they definitely picked up and um yeah, they I th- I think they are ready for the Bills. Uh they're ready to play. I th- I think I I think the Chiefs are going to take this one. Um but I also wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won because the Bills are playing really solid football, and I think Stephon Diggs is going to have 100-plus yards. So, Yeah, I can see Stephon Diggs going off. I'm going to actually disagree with you on this one. Okay. I got the, I got the Bills winning. I think they're going to be really – I mean, you saw the picture last year with Stephon Diggs watching yeah. him celebrate the championship game. Yep. Like you said, he's going to be a man on a mission on Sunday. And I see the Bills coming out and performing very, very well. I mean, the only concern you really have is their running game. And even then, Singletary's picked it up lately. Their defense is on fire. I mean, you looked what they looked what they did to Matt Jones the other day. Right. I mean, they destroyed the Patriots. <laughs> and they've been on a run, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Destroyed's an understatement. Yeah, they, they've been on, they're on like a six- or seven-game winning streak, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly. They are rolling into the playoffs, and they are very hot. So I would not be surprised at all, like you said, if the Chiefs won. But I'm expecting the Bills to come out and win. So here is my reasoning, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. 
Here is my reasoning why I think the Bills are going to lose this. I do love Josh Allen. I think he's a really solid quarterback. He's got his he's got his you know, his really high points, but everyone has low points and sometimes in big moments Josh Allen kind of, you know, I don't want to say he folds, but the pressure gets to him a little bit sometimes. And like it happens to every quarterback, so I'm not saying like, "Oh, well, he sucks." But like I just Look back this year. Goddamn! Look back at this year where he lost to uh, Jacksonville, right? You he got himself into a deficit, and then you couldn't get out of it. And it was against Jacksonville. He's playing the Chiefs. He gets himself into a deficit like he did last year, and I feel like it's going to be the same. So I he's going to have to. Um, Score fast, and he's going to have to just keep his composure. If he keeps his composure, then they could win, but I just I, – I think Pat Mahomes is just too good. He's Tyreek Hill's on that team. Travis Kelsey's on that team. That's I feel like that should be illegal. Like, it's just it's, – Yeah, they can score whenever. Yeah, they are an offense that can do whatever they want, and I, I – I just I don't see it going that way. I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to pull this out. Uh, regardless, it's going to be a good game, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won it. Um, I'm just going with the easy easy answer on that one <laughs> because if I'm right, I'm right, and if I'm wrong, then it's it's a pretty awesome. Damn, that's awesome that the Bills won because I I mean I like the Bills, so I I would actually they are my pick to win the Super Bowl, but if they, you know. If they win, I'm going to be really happy. If they lose, they lost to the Chiefs. So, but yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in on this episode. Uh, Tim, I appreciate you for coming on and talking some sports with me, talking some some big issues that we got going on. And uh, I look forward to having you on the show again because it was it was really fun. You're uh, you're natural. Um, but yeah, so thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. If you guys wouldn't mind, go ahead and follow my Twitter because that is where I will be posting updates and, um, the links to this podcast. So it makes it easier for you guys to get it. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And the next episode, hopefully all of my picks were right and we will be discussing, championships because we got some coming up so thanks for listening i appreciate it i'm kevin from cleveland and i will see you in the next episode peace